Hi, this is Mike D'Agostino with BankInfoSecurity.com, the leading provider of information security news and education specifically geared toward the banking and finance community. The following is an excerpt from our online workshop entitled IT Risk Assessments, Understanding the Process, presented by Susan Orr. Susan is a former FDIC examiner and during her 14-year tenure held numerous lead positions and was instrumental in the FFIEC IT handbook rewrites. Here Susan answers several frequently asked questions regarding best practices for performing an IT risk assessment. To register for the full-length webinar, please visit www.bankinfosecurity.com and click on the Webinars tab. You'll also notice a number of other webinar offerings on such topics as GLBA compliance, preparing for a regulatory IT exam, vendor management, disaster recovery, and a host of others. As always, if you have any questions or comments or would like more information, you may reach us at 609-356-1499. The following section is about 17 minutes in length. Enjoy! The first question I'd like to address, who should be, con excuse me, who should be con conducting a risk assessment? Can we do this in-house or do we need to have this done by someone external to our institution? Well, you can do it either way. Um, you can do it in-house if you have the expertise and you have someone who is capable of overseeing that, or you can outsource it. Uh, it doesn't really matter either way. The key is just making sure that it was done by someone that has the knowledge and the expertise to be doing it and that it does reflect your organization. So you can either do it in-house or you can outsource it. The next question, how do I know if the risk assessment we have conducted is appropriate? More so, will it be accepted by our regulators? Well, that's a really a loaded question. Um, unfortunately, without seeing your risk assessment, um, there's no way I can give an opinion as to whether it be acceptable or not. However, if you follow the process that we've discussed in this workshop, then you should be able to perform or at least outsource and have someone perform a risk assessment that's going to be adequate for your institution and will be acceptable to the regulators. However, you know, I can't speak for the regulators um, and I can't speak for the examiner who comes in to do your examination. Um, every examination is different and every examiner is going to be different and their opinions are going to be different. But if you do follow the basic concepts that we've gone through and you make sure that the risk assessment's complete, it reflects your organization and your risk, then you probably will be okay. The third question, how far do I need to go to assess third-party vendors as part of our risk assessment? Uh, there's a short answer and a long answer. The long answer we don't have time for, but there will be an upcoming workshop on vendor uh, outsourcing or managing vendor relationships, and that will give you some more insight. But the short answer is basically you need to be looking at the vendors based on their criticality, and their access to customer information. Um, do they have access to sensitive customer information? And then what type of risk? So you're going to want to kind of go through uh, the risk process um, for your vendor risk assessment and that will be incorporated into your overall risk assessment. You want to look at the categories of risk, reputation, the strategic risk, compliance, 
risk and um, interest rate liquidity and market risk could play into this. Uh, then going through the, the basic uh, vendors, the criticality to your, your business, the volume of your transactions, again the sensitivity of the data. Um, you also are going to want to look at their financial strength, uh, their turnover, um, do they have business continuity, what types of reports do they provide you, the information they give you, is it accurate, is it relevant, is it timely. And um, then on and on and on, there'll be other things, uh, the reliance on subcontractors, their reliability, the security they have in place, all of these things. So um, when you're looking at that vendor, you do need to go through the process. And as I said, looking at the criticality for the most part, how critical they are, the access to the information, and then looking at the type of risk that you, that you identify the type of risk. And then join us for the next uh, workshop that covers those vendor management programs. Uh, do regulators have preferences of one type of risk assessment, the qualitative versus the quantitative? Um, no. Um, as I stated throughout the workshop, there is no blessed template or a specific approach that the examiners want to see. Either is acceptable. It doesn't really matter. It just needs to, to be enterprise-wide and it needs to reflect your organization and your risks um, and not be something that you got from someone else and doesn't really even reflect your overall operation. So either format is okay. Just make sure it's enterprise-wide and make sure that it's complete and reflects your organization. Let's see. You mentioned that the qualitative approach works in a majority of the institutions. You also mentioned that this is, a, is subjective in nature. If it's subjective, then how do I make business decisions based on the outcome of this risk assessment? A very good question. Um, it is subjective. However, if you are using someone who has the experience and the knowledge to be performing the risk assessment, you've kind of lessened the overall impact of that subjectivity because it will be based on knowledge. Um, even though um, it's subjective, it's also going to be uh, more consistent. Um, if you're using someone with expertise. So, you know, it is going to be subjective, but you can overcome that uh, based on who you have doing that risk assessment and their knowledge level and the expertise that they have. Do I need to cover only systems and processes that are specific to bank customers, or do I need to include other systems and processes as well, such as human resources, um, the department systems, or systems used by our accounting and finance groups? Yes. Um, for it to be enterprise-wide, you do need to look at all of those other areas. Um, now with GLBA, it specifically did come out and was talking about customer information. However, when you look at it on a larger scale and you consider other regulations, uh, Sarbanes-Oxley and FACTA and some of the other requirements, then you need to be looking at it um, as far as employee information which would be your human resources department and your internal confidential information, your financial information, which is, may come from accounting and your finance groups. So yes, it, they need to be included. How often do we do our risk assessment? Is this dependent on our size or the results of our initial risk assessment? 
um, i.e. dependent on fair or unfair results? Well, your risk assessment is an ongoing process and it needs to be done at least on an annual basis. However, you're going to need to do it more frequently if you've experienced any significant changes within your organization, being maybe you've had a merger or an acquisition, you may have changed the products or services that you've offered, you may change the technology, um, how you offer the services, you may even have identified additional risk or there's new risk. So anytime there's any significant or major change, you're going to need to go back in and go through and do a, a reassessment of the original process. Now, see, it sounds like, based on the process you described, we don't need to conduct any hands-on testing during a risk assessment. A couple of questions. Is this true? If that's true, then how does the risk assessment you described impact or drive the testing activities such as vulnerability testing, penetration testing, or application security testing? Well, back to, um, is it true that you don't need to be doing any hands-on testing? No, that is not true. Remember, I said you need to look at the adequacy of your controls, and so you're going to have to do some testing to be able to do that. Um, let's see, and, and how does the risk assessment impact or drive testing? Uh, well, your vulnerability testing, penetration testing, application security testing, well, you're also going to identify from that risk assessment the higher risk areas, your critical processes. So therefore, those that are identified with higher risk are going to be uh, needing testing more frequently as well as more robust testing. So it is going to impact the type of testing and how often you do it and how detailed you do it based on the high, medium, or low ratings that you end up with. How much involvement do we need or should we expect from our board on this process? Well, if you remember back at the beginning of the workshop, I was talking about that the board has to make some decisions. There needs to be some determination of the risk tolerance. You need to decide, or the, excuse me, the board needs to decide where they accept risk, where they want to transfer, where they're going to mitigate. So it all begins with the board of directors. And then throughout the process, the board needs to be kept up to date on the overall process, how the risks are identified, what the rankings are, and then they need to actually approve the overall risk assessment once it's been completed. So there is board involvement all the way through this process. I have just taken on the newly created position of risk officer at my institution. Should this process that we heard about today fall under my group, or should, should this be the responsibility of our IT department, compliance group, or be under our outsourced internal audit function? Um, it could be any of those. Typically, if there is a risk management department or there is a risk officer that has been appointed, that's where you would want to see the risk assessment process fall under. It would be under their coordination. I've seen it within an IT department, but again, you need to be careful with as far as the person who's completing the risk assessment then also evaluating, doing the testing, and then evaluating the quality and efficiency of that testing. So you want to make sure you do have independence. I've seen it fall under the compliance group. Some organizations, the compliance group just is consumer protection. I've seen organizations where the compliance group is actually overall regulatory compliance, and they've had the responsibility for the risk assessment. So it can really fall anywhere. 
but if there is a risk officer or there is a, a risk management department, then that typically is where um, it's found. Uh, we've been hearing from a number of vendors in the industry offering their tool. I bet you have. Um, a tool that can perform risk assessments. Can you comment on the fitness of this approach? Uh, you know, it's going to depend. You have, I would have to actually see the tool to really make a comment on whether one tool is better than another. But you have to keep in mind that all banks are unique. Remember we talked about that at the beginning of the workshop. Each bank has its own characteristics. Each bank has its own products and services. It has its own risk tolerance. It's also going to have its own set of um, vulnerabilities and threats that are going to differ from institution to institution and the types of controls that are in place. So when you're looking at and evaluating a tool, you want to make sure that you're looking at one that you can adjust and make fit within your organization and then it's going to cover all the areas that you need covered and it's going to provide you the output that, that you really are seeking as far as identification of your risk and the likelihood of occurrence and the impact. Um, if the risk tool is based maybe on COBIT types of uh, business processes or on a COBIT basis then you know it may be okay. So you just kind of need to look at the tool and do your own evaluation with regard to is it going to give you everything and can it be tailored to meet your organization. Uh, thank you for clarifying how risk assessments and testing activities are related. Following up on that question, how does our risk assessment relate to our IT audit program? Well, your audit program needs to be risk focused. So when you do the risk assessment and you're going back and looking, you should be able to identify those areas that are more critical and are higher risk areas, and then those would be the ones that would be audited um, more frequently as well as more in depth than maybe other sections of your organization. So you mentioned in the presentation that the overall quality and the fitness of a risk assessment is dependent on the experience and the background of the person or department running this assessment. Can you please comment on the type of background of the person assessor we should be looking at for the undertaking of this task for our institution? Um, well, just kind of in general, uh, to really sum up the qualifications, it would be the knowledge of the systems, the applications, the processes. So you may need more than one individual and depending on your size of institution I highly re recommend having more than one in individual. You want some various business owners and IT people involved in this because of the knowledge of the system, the applications, the information that's being processed, your overall processes. They're also going to be able to have a better understanding of the risk, the vulnerabilities, and the threats associated based on the particular system or application that they're responsible for. So you kind of want to look at making sure, as I said, that they have the expertise or they have the knowledge of the overall application or system. Can you please comment on some of the common deficiencies you came across while examining banks during their tenure at the FDIC? Um, I can comment on that as well as um, more currently with doing IT reviews of institutions Primarily what I see is the lack of the likelihood of occurrence being addressed as well as no impact analysis. 
those are probably the most common. Um, I also see inadequacies when it comes to identifying all the potential threats and vulnerabilities. Uh, many times it's just very general and we're not um, looking at a whole and we're not thinking in terms of, of everything that could possibly happen. I see it is just very, very limited most times. So I do encourage you when you're doing your risk assessment to make sure that you are doing the lack of likelihood, or excuse me, that you're looking at the likelihood of occurrence and that you're doing an impact analysis and that you do look very closely at all the potential, um, the all foreseeable threats and vulnerabilities when you're putting this together. You've just heard an excerpt of the frequently asked questions from bankinfosecurity.com's webinar, IT Risk Assessments, Understanding the Process. For more information on bankinfosecurity.com, online workshops and webinars, please visit our website at www.bankinfosecurity.com.